Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another Money Show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, J.R. Roxford and Anthony Correo taking a break from our day-to-day -day routine as financial advisors in Sun City, Arizona with Roxford and Associates Financial Services. We are a fourth-generation family practice, and sadly enough, everybody was right, our bickering got the better of us, and we split up. So now we are with two firms. Anthony is now with Thoughts and Prayers Financial, and I am officially Doomsday Planners. So when you call in... If you want the good news, you're going to be sitting with Anthony. If you want the bad news, you're going to be sitting with me. Obviously, I'm just kidding. We are not parting ways no matter what. So hang in there with us. And today, we have a lot going on. Today, as we record, is Wednesday, the 27th of September. Boy, it's almost October. Pretty soon, the weather will be down under 100 degrees. I'm looking forward to that in the Phoenix area. So how are you today, Anthony? What's going on? I'm doing fine. All right, yep. move on. Doing work. <laughs> doing work. Yeah, usually we, we record on Wednesday early in the morning, but today it's actually midday, so we had a little more time to read the news and get JR all worked up and upset about things. Uh, the big thing, I guess we might as well jump into it, because by the time you hear this, you may know more. We have a government shutdown <laughs> looming. I don't mean to chuckle because it's not funny, but it is to me. So luckily it makes me chuckle. Do you realize, Anthony, that the government shut down? The last time we did a, a decent one, the last time it really grew legs, was in 2019. So you were in the office. That one lasted, I want to say, about 35 days. Do you remember that at all? I know you were kind of new I in the office. Don't. So you probably do remember that we had a rating downgrade not too long ago. That was over the debt ceiling, which they raised or suspended or whatever they did until January of 2024. So that's a different thing. This is a fiscal year and shutdown of our government. And I would say, bring it the heck on. I believe in smaller and perhaps limited government. So for me, I would shut them down. I think they have over... I don't want to misread the amount of employees. I don't know. There's a ton of federal employees. I don't know what half of them do, but bring it on. You know, one thing I did find interesting, I read an article this morning. It it kind of, it said who's going to keep getting paid, who's not going to get paid, who's going to get furloughed, all this stuff. Do you know that our Congress people <laughs> will continue getting their paycheck? It is written in that they will get paid. And do you want to get into who else is going to get paid from our tax dollars in another country? Were you uh, leading up to that? So, yes, I'm glad you bring this up because even though some people may eventually not get their Social Security checks, some military people will still have to report to duty, but they won't get paid. Obviously, they'll get paid later. You know, they'll get a lump sum later. That doesn't really help them buy their groceries now, though. But you know who is going to get paid? Ukraine. 
Of course they are. They carved out a deal for Ukraine that our funding doesn't stop. So apparently, and this I got from a, a recent 60 Minutes, the TV show, a segment, the United States is paying the salaries of 57,000 civic services personnel. D- did you kind of catch that? So while our people are going to be working without pay or sent home or whatnot, we are going to keep paying personnel in Ukraine. I thought this the funding to Ukraine was military. And, and obviously it is still. You know, we, we have our very first U.S. tank on the ground in Ukraine now as of a couple of weeks ago. So now we actually have hardware. We have planes coming. We have long-range missiles coming. But I, I digress. I, I regress. <laughs> I regress something. So, so it's not a proxy more anymore. Now we're uh, on the ground. Yeah, it seems like we're actually putting hardware on the ground. So, yeah, I'm not sure if it's as much of a proxy war as it was. But anyway, back to paying for people in Ukraine to show up to their workplaces. How how do people in this country not get as upset as I do? I know the answer. They don't know this is going on. So while tonight, the 27th of September, I believe is the brand new episode of The Masked Singer. So that's what's going on around my house. I am sitting here reading about how we are going to shut down this government and still pay Ukraine. You know, I, I read all this stuff. And I look at how we carved out Ukraine. Some of the the politicians are fighting, by the way. Some are talking about, well, we need to seal the borders. You know, so this shutdown, they're still talking about things that are going to cost money. You know, one thing that if we do pass a continuing resolution between now and Saturday at midnight, do you realize that it buys us until mid-November? So, yeah, yeah, not it doesn't buy us until like 2032. It buys us for about, I don't know, two weeks. So the the whole thing is so dumb. Stop spending. You know, this might be a good time to talk about it. I was back on one of my favorite websites. I was back on the usdebtclock.org. If you haven't checked that out, I would. It's pretty interesting. We are over $33 trillion in debt now. That came and went without much fanfare. The last couple of weeks, I've been talking about 32.8. And now we're at 33.1 as of this morning. I noticed something that I don't usually spend a lot of time on. If you look to the right of our of how much money we owe, you'll get to a box that says tax revenue. So the tax revenue is approximately four trillion. And then in light of the upcoming shutdown, I looked at the US federal spending box. That's at six trillion. Jeez. So I guess that it kind of explains why. We're in this situation again, as we are all the time. A $2 trillion deficit. We are bringing in $2 trillion, plus or minus, more than we're spending. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure how this... Well, I do know how it ends. I mean, I've been saying it for a long time. It ends with dramatic changes. It ends with our dollar collapsing. Speaking of which, apparently the, the latest nation to jump on board with a de-dollarization is Indonesia. So, if you get time, look up Indonesia. Not a big player. Uh, no, no, I did. I haven't heard yet the journey of the bricks. I heard that they're just they're going to stop trading with the dollar. You know, there there's a global push to get rid of U.S. debt to stop trading with the dollar. Another global push to join the bricks because they they do see that as the 
the new and up and coming world reserve currency, apparently. So well, we're both, regardless, both hurt us. So whether or not you're joining BRICS or you're just avoiding trading in the dollar, I mean, they're essentially accomplishing the exact same thing. Yes. So, and you know, before we put this whole Ukraine thing being carved out of the debt issues to bed, one more thing in my reading that just kind of tickled me, we, we, part of what our, our money is going to, you know, like the, the $6 billion we're getting ready to spend now, buying seeds for farmers. I just found that odd because I thought I read a lot of like, you know, more fringe, you know, conspiracy theory, tin for all that stuff than the average bear. And I read that Bill Gates is buying up a bunch of land. I read that we've had a bunch of fires and airplanes crash into food processing plants. I read that we've had to call chickens because of stuff. So anyway, so I'm worried about the future in this country for our food supply. I guess I just need to move to Ukraine because while we are starving out our farmers in the United States, we are supporting the Ukrainian farmers. So good for us. Taxpayers, good for us. We are very, very generous people. I'm glad you said that because I noticed that too in the article and I was like, huh, that was exactly what came to mind first to me. (laughs) Seeds of all things. So the future, we're not sending them Twinkies, you know, with a 20 to 30 year shelf life. I've seen Zombieland. We're we're sending them seeds to take for their future. Luckily, I mean, they'll have an influx of cash on October 1st when the student loan debt starts to have to, you know, when everybody has to repay those back. So there we go. We went three years without that. So we'll see how that uh, influx right. of uh, payments pays for your uh, tax dollars. And Easier as long as you're there. there, as long as you're on student loan, I know there's not much to cover. You know, I don't think these people that are going to have to start paying their student loans again have the money. I mean, I'm looking at $5 gas. I'm looking at expensive food. I'm looking at the $1.2 trillion in debt now and credit card <laughs> debt. So there's a way. lot to cover because now I think I heard the average and I guess don't quote me on this, but the payment's supposed to be around $500 a month that people are going to have to shell out for this. And they say that there's a very large portion of American homes that don't have 500 in savings. So of course, you know, numbers can be manipulated on who you interview for them. So who knows how accurate any of that is, but Let's say it's not 100%, but it's kind of close. I mean, that's going to be huge. It is. And are people going to struggle? Are they going to default? You know, there, there's another, I think it's 1.8 trillion. I love everything I report now is in trillions. You know, when I was new in this job, it was shocking because people threw around the word billions. And, and that was a quarter of a century ago. It was a long time ago, but not really. And it was like when you, when you started saying billions instead of millions, people were like, whoa, we can't comprehend that number. Now, everything we talk about is in terms of trillions. There is about, this is from my recollection, $1.8 trillion of student loan debts on the table. How much of that is going to default? You know, is that going to be the catalyst to tip the markets? I mean, who knows? I just, I'm curious how people are going to start paying back. Whether it's 200 or 500, where are they going to get the money? People are living paycheck to paycheck. Two-thirds of the country doesn't have an emergency fund. Well, they'll go on strike until they boost up the funds. We are rolling rolling through the topics. One of my topics today, apparently the Screen Actors Guild, they're leaving the picket lines. I guess they're back to work. And Did you see what uh, they got, though? That I haven't... I saw that they tentatively ended. It sounds like today it's officially ended, the strike, but I didn't see what the terms were. Have you? 
I have not. And I, and I have to, I mean, it's not high on my priorities of what I think is earth shattering right now. So I haven't looked into it. I, See, did, I think, I don't know. I, I think you're wrong. I think, well, depending on, again, depending on how, what the terms and how they figured all of this out. But my argument, I think when we had this conversation a month or so ago, was they're trying to use AI to replace people. So if they're using AI to replace creatives, you know, and this strike kind of sets a precedence against that, you know, that could be, right? Because you've got automation to replace the actual workers, right? That's part of the the auto unions, you know, things have gone on the auto industry for decades. But AI, if you start replacing creative types with that, I mean, that's a lot of people's lost jobs. And this is the first strike against that. So, guys, uh, I had an article pulled up here about the writer's strike, and this is according to, I Googled this, uh, the writer's strike here, and I came upon this article from WCVB, in Bo- ABC in Boston, um, and it, it goes over what the con- some of what the contract has said, and, and this is, again, word for word from the article, the three-year agreement includes significant wins in the main areas writers have fought for, compensation, length of employment, size of staffs, and control of Anthony, to your point, artificial intelligence, matching or nearly equaling what they had sought at the onset of the strike. The union had sought minimum increases in pay and future residual earnings from shows of between 5 and 6%, depending on the position of the writer. The studios had wanted between 2 and 4%. The comp- um, compromise deal was a raise of between 3.5% and 5%. So it sounds like they pretty much got everything they wanted. Nice. I'll have to look into the AI portion of that because I think most articles kind of skimmed over that too, even in the beginning. But as far as I'm concerned, I think that was the single most important precedent that they could set. So I do want to look more into that. But thank you, Jim, for bringing that up. And a couple of thoughts on this. One, Anthony, when you say you think I'm wrong on this, I, there's no right or wrong here. I mean, I agree. I think it's important. I think if you couple it with the United Auto Workers strike, it's more important. Now I heard that workers at Sky Harbor Airport right here in Phoenix are talking about going on strike. Then I heard this morning that that Las Vegas, the casino workers are talking about going on strike, beverage servers and like the, the staff at casinos. So this could grow legs and become extremely important financially. All I meant was like the government shutdown is right here. The, the Screen Actors Guild, how do we know that they're not placating them just to buy more time? Maybe they said, we're not ready for AI. So maybe they're just putting that on the back burner. They're going to give them what they want. They're going to they're going to let AI become more powerful. Then they're going to do this again. Who knows? And I, I I have no idea how people make it in this world right now. That's why I have no idea how people are going to re-add in their student loans. You know, when you and I spent two weeks talking about the one percent down at Zillow, you know, I keep dribbling on that. I keep adding more stuff. I forgot to mention property taxes. If you don't pay it through an escrow account. Once a year, you get hit with a, t- a tax bill for your property taxes. You know, you know our air conditioner went out a couple weeks ago. Add to that, our refrigerator goes out. I mean, we just, it's, oh, and I did, I looked up something today. I don't know if I sent it to you, but I wanted to know the average rent versus the average mortgage payment. And it's it's interesting. The average rent at the end of August, 2023 is $2,000. And $52. That shocked me. I thought the average was going to be around, I don't know, 17, 16. So it's higher than I thought. 2000 
$52 is the average. That means a lot of people are paying more than two grand a month for rent. So I can see, Anthony, where that is that is definitely draining money down a hole. But when you get to the average mortgage, it's $2,632. So they're, they're still an affordability issue. There's the issue of home ownership is extremely expensive. There's a lot to it. And, and you got to add something to the whole thing about home, home, home ownership. Easy for me to say. Yeah, it's become a speculative asset. I mean, these houses, $400,000. When you look at the past, when, when the house prices shrunk dramatically in 2008, 9, 10, that, that could happen again. So you're really, really taking a chance right now buying a home where the average is over $400,000 for the average. It's just not likely to stay up there. And again, how do people do it when the mortgage interest rate for a 30-year fixed is over 7%? How on earth are people doing this? And I, and I know there's always the people that have more money than others. They don't have to worry about it. They're probably not really worried about a mortgage if they have enough money. But for most people in this country, I don't know. I mean, food's expensive. Everything's expensive. We still have an inflationary pressure. And now you're going to add student loans. You're going to add a government shutdown. That government shutdown in 2019 cost the country many, many billions of dollars. How? The direct cost? I, I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember thinking how ironic that we shut down the, the, the country because you kids can't seem to spend properly. And then it's going to cost us a lot more money because of what you're doing. It's like, here we go again. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But nothing. then again, nothing nothing does in this government. No, but you know what does make sense? Speaking of the government, here's another one of the week's big topics in my mind that's in our face because it should get people talking. Will it? Probably not, but it's important. Have you heard the name Bob Menendez? Does that ring a bell? No. Well, let me introduce you. He, he is a senator from the state of New Jersey. Bob Menendez has been a senator since 2006. I've heard the name. I've heard some of the stuff he does. I, I, I didn't really, I don't care too much about him. I don't care too much about New Jersey. I've been there once when I did training when I was at MetLife 25 years ago. So Bob Menendez apparently is in deep trouble right now. They think there's a little bit of uh, a little money laundering. You know, who, I mean, allegedly, I mean, who knows what he's in trouble for. But apparently they raided his home and he and his wife Nadine... <laughs> Oh, by the way, I don't think they have to worry about the government shutdown. I think they're going to be okay. But anyway, in their home, they found over $500,000 in cash. If the article I read was correct, a half a million dollars in cash. We must listen to another money show and heard that he shouldn't keep his money in the banks or the right. stock market. We didn't he, tell him a half a million. Bob. A big fan. Bob, we told you thousands. We never told you hundreds of thousands. You're an overachiever, Bobby. <laughs> So, and apparently there's hundreds of thousand dollars worth of gold bars. There's another 80,000 in a safe. He was gifted a, a Mercedes Benz, a luxury, it said here, a luxury convertible Mercedes Benz. Apparently he had some business dealings with the country of Egypt. I guess they paid him well. So this is not the first time he had another little set of corruption chargers that he was acquitted of in 2015. So not new to Bob. But I just, what it leads to in my mind, you know, I don't want my elected representatives, my officials, my politicians, I don't want to hear these stories. I want people that can relate to me, an average middle-class American, because if you have 
a half million dollars just in cash in your home, I don't think you have to take pause when your car has trouble, your air conditioner goes out, your fridge, all that in one week. And your son's college tuition's due. When everything happens in one week, I'm like, oh, wow. And I have a job. I work. And, I'm, and then it stops. And you're like, oh, wow. You know, I got to deal with all this stuff. What's the best way to do this? I don't think Bob's worried about that. But you know what? The other thing is we need full transparency. If these business dealings were shady, that's a problem. We need people that we can trust. They, these people, all they want is money and power. And I don't even know if it's money anymore because I think they have enough. I think it's just power. And once they're- they Like a NASCAR and they've got to have all their sponsors patched onto their jackets. Well, Bob Menendez, just from the pictures, doesn't look like a big man. That jacket would have to be the size of, you know, it'd be Herman Munster like coat. A smoking jacket. Right? We'd have to the wrap it around. That's what the tail off the back of it. <laughs> well, and I just, I mean, I know. How does that tie in with finances? I don't know. I mean- I don't know. We're we're shutting down. We're giving money to Ukraine. We've got politicians that are in trouble for all kinds of stuff. I th- I think it's just we have nothing. All the time, it's all just manipulation. But also, I mean, New Jersey, stop electing this guy. Like we say that about Nancy Pelosi too, right? And all these people that have been in power for way too long. It's just stop electing them. And I get that. You know, if you're blue or if you're red, you're going to keep voting for these people because it's easier to keep an incumbent who has that position and from your designated party, but vote new people in for your own party. Just get rid of these people. Jeez. Plus, it's time to get rid of the party politics. It's trying to uh, get rid of the system. It's time we start over. Fire them all. Well, what if we get people in that are worse than them? Then we do it again. If we have to make the elections every six months, we have to clean house. I mean, this is ridiculous that I have to read this. And, and a lot of the other, he's on the Democratic side. A lot of the other Democrats, AOC and people, they're going after him. They're asking him to step down. So I think this may lead to either A, other politicians, so they want him out of there kind of quickly, or B, his he's completely normal. You know, remember when Nancy Pelosi, remember the insider stock trades and all that stuff, and then they vote against, they, they had a chance to vote that they couldn't do that. And they're like, no, we're not going to vote for that. That that would hurt our gravy train. Yeah. Uh, so well, that's that's probably wraps up this week on what's Jared said about. I think what we should do, let's let's give people a little idea what's coming up after the break, and then let's start easing towards break. So we we have a couple easy things. If you want to talk about them, we can. There was a Pharaoh Mex train stoppage in Mexico that could lead to more disruptions with goods and services. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I, I guess after the break, let's jump right into a couple banking things, though. Let's do my favorite topic. With that said, why don't we take a break? Please make sure you set an appointment, sit down with us. Let us look at your personal situation. All this stuff is big picture stuff you can't control. Let's control what you can control. Reach us at 623-523-0444 or email us, team at anothermoneyshow.com. And you know my very favorite thing, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com, Another Money Show. Help us grow that thing. That's been the easiest way for me to introduce people to our show. So thank you for being here and we will be right back. This is Another Money Show, except this one's different. This one's actually fun.
Do you want a steady stream of income for retirement? Then it's time to consider annuities. I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Gone are the days when most employers offered pensions with guaranteed lifetime payouts to their workers. But what if I told you that you can build your own personal pension? It's possible with an annuity. An annuity is a financial product that provides a series of regular payments to an individual over a specified period of time, often for the rest of their life. There are several options for you to consider when choosing an annuity. Be confident in knowing that there is an annuity out there that can meet all of your needs. Ford Stokes is founder and president of Active Wealth Management and author of the book Annuity 360. There are several different types of annuities, including fixed, variable, and fixed indexed. A fixed annuity offers a specific guaranteed interest rate on their contributions to the account. A fixed index annuity is an accumulation-based product offered by an insurance company. The growth of your fixed index annuity is dependent on the performance of a chosen stock market index, but your money is not actually invested in this index. This offers you great growth potential and exceptional protection for your investment. While each can provide tax-deferred growth and a lifetime income stream, Variable annuities put your principal at risk in the market. If you are currently investing in a variable annuity, your funds could be in serious trouble if the market experiences any downturns. With so many possible choices to consider, it's essential you speak to a financial advisor or professional to help you make the best decision for your future. So, are you ready to consider an annuity as part of your retirement plan? It's a key question to consider as you approach what should be your golden years. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes, economic uncertainty, and how it could all affect your future in retirement? Then tune into Another Money Show to learn how you can protect and grow your hard-earned money. Another Money Show, every Saturday at noon, right here on 960 The Patriot. Protect your hard-earned money today and learn more at anothermoneyshow.com. The 2023 NFL season will mark a new beginning for the Washington Commanders. I'm Jim Tarabokia with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Back in July of this year, NFL owners, through a unanimous vote, approved a $6 billion sale of the Washington Commanders to a new ownership group led by American investor Joshua Harris. At his introductory press conference, Harris expressed his excitement for the future of the franchise. I'm incredibly excited and humbled by the opportunity to serve alongside my partners as stewards of this great franchise on behalf of the city of Washington, D.C. A Washington, D.C. native and a lifelong fan of the district sports scene, Harris will lead an ownership group that includes basketball legend Magic Johnson. The group takes over from former embattled owner Dan Snyder, whose tenure was consistently clouded with documented controversy. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is looking forward to the addition of Harris to the NFL landscape. I think Josh is going to be a great addition to the NFL and his ownership group. Um, he has a remarkable business record, uh, not just uh, in finance, but also now in sports. Meanwhile, fan excitement at Commander's Camp this summer was evident with NBA star and lifelong Commander's fan Kevin Durant even showing up to practice sessions. The Commander's Week 1 home game against the Arizona Cardinals is sold out, with fans eager for the franchise to start anew. 
For the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Jim Tarabokia. Another weekend, another money show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We definitely appreciate your support and being here for us. As always, you can reach out to us, team at anothermoneyshow.com, or give us a call, 623-523-0444. If you've been listening to us for a while, you want to come in, you want to meet us in person, we would be glad to see you. Moving on, I want to touch on my favorite subject. I really don't think we should go a week without touching on it. Let's get into the banks for just a moment. I know this next thing I'm going to bring up is in a different country. You know, I watch the news in Australia, New Zealand, and different countries. I think the shift financially is very clearly going to be global. I think our country, we know what's going on with this country. I mean, we're $33.1 trillion in debt. The government was downgraded because of our spending. We could get downgraded again by different agencies next week. You know, we ran out of money. Our, we're spending $2 trillion more than we bring in. So our country is done. Is it going to be where I wake up next Wednesday and the dollar's worthless? No, but we're certainly on the decline. You know, I mean, oh, and add inflation and other things that have ruined my dollar. But we are at the end of our lifespan for the world reserve currency. We all know it. The rest of the world knows it. But now they are taking action. People like Indonesia de-dollarizationing us. They're 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 getting rid of us. So, but here in our banks, we have told people do not keep a safe deposit box. By the way, Bob and Nadine, one more dig on you. What were you doing keeping 80 grand in a safe deposit box allegedly? Stop that. So we think you should keep what you need in the banks to pay your bills. We understand you have insurance and you have rent or mortgage and you have cell phone. We get all that. So keep what you need. Keep a little bit extra. Keep a little padding in there for an emergency fund. But we would take your excess funds, have some cash at home, buy some hard assets, look at insurance companies. Let us educate you on different insurance company products. So let's let's have a conversation with you on that. With the bank, I think that what's going on in Australia right now, this week, is coming here sooner than later. They, I want to say it's their fifth largest bank. It's called Maguire. The Maguire Bank, without any governmental assistance, is going to stop taking cash. This is going to start early next year. So basically what they're saying, they're going digital. They're going to have a little overlap where you can still get some cash out of the ATM machines. But at the same time, they're shutting down a bunch of ATM machines. So they're saying their branches are going to close to all kinds of cash. I'm not sure why you need a branch if you're not cash, if you're all digital. People have computers, right? So what do they need cash for? But this McGuire Bank, when I read about it, it's like, you know, it, it continues with what you and I talked about months ago when they were limiting withdrawals in New Zealand and Australia. Now they're basically saying, ah, we're, we can't wait any longer. We're not going to wait for an Australian digital currency or a global. We're going to just do it ourselves. The banks are. And that that's something I could picture here. It, it is interesting. And part of my thing is, is it problematic right now? No. I mean, if I lived in Australia, I might raise an eyebrow. It, it's all coming at once. I was listening to one of my very favorite sources of information, Dave Hodges, on the 25th. 
of September. And he talked a little bit about CBDC coming in because like they're going to set the model like Hawaii, apparently, as they rebuild Lahaina, as they, you know, start to work on Maui, they're restructuring the financial system a little bit. I didn't know that. You know, I heard about land grabs and developers and I heard about 15 minute cities and smart cities. I've heard all kinds of stuff about Maui. That yeah, a couple of days ago was the first time I've ever heard about a big meeting they had with their politicians, with the governor and so forth. And they talked about out basically new financial systems. And it's scary. They use a lot of big words. So I had a little bit of trouble with some of this. There weren't pictures in what I saw, but it, it ah, I mean, I, I mean, it makes it, sense to start there, right? Because say, right, going down that conspiracy rabbit hole, say it is everything that you and Dave are saying that it, it could be. It's a lot harder for people to pick up and move from a desolate island out in the middle of the ocean, as opposed to starting with Arizona or California or Montana or Kentucky or some, you know, you can travel, you can move, you have some options there, you're kind of stuck. So I am very curious, especially with the land grab, because it seems a bit far-fetched. It seems, you know, and just because it seems that way doesn't mean that's not happening, but I am very curious to watch this closely to see, are these people going to be forced off their land? Because if that happens, if this, you know, technically a conspiracy now, but if that comes true, I mean, that's going to open the floodgates for everything that's coming. You know, if that ends up being something that actually happens, because right now it's just speculation, but that could be, that'll that will be huge. That will be a fundamental change in this country. But maybe not. I mean, our government's stolen land from people here before. So I guess technically, again, and we've had this conversation before, right? When I say everything cycles, you know, you're worried about everything because it's getting worse and this time's different. But my argument is that it's not different. This is something that happens. It's just our modern age version of things that have happened throughout history. But I just think it's way worse. I think there's more and more things I would. Well, it's worse to you because you're living in it and me. I'm living in it. Yes, but your theory of there's always been something to worry about, I agree with that. I've had stuff to worry about my entire time in this job and before. I'm just, my argument is there's never been this many things. I mean, I'm worried literally about the government shutdown because any little thing right now makes me nervous that where does it lead? I'm worried about October 4th. You are not worried whatsoever. You're not worried that why would they telegraph it if they're going to do a test? Part of what worries me, when they pinged our cell phones years ago, it was our cell phones. Apparently, this time, they're going to ping every single electronic device. Tablets, smart TVs. They're going to ping anything that they can get a transmission signal to. Why? Leave us alone, huh? They're, you know, I mean, and, and- again, aren't they already doing that with Amber Alerts or storm warnings when you're out with no. friends and all of a sudden every single phone in the restaurant goes off and that annoying buzz and what's going on here? And yes, an but that's, very, that's apples and refrigerators because when there's an Amber Alert, if a kid gets stolen in Phoenix, they might even, you know, see him going up the I-17, they'll ping him in Flagstaff. They're not going to ping him in Tennessee. This is going to hit every single state, every single city, every single person in the country. That is a bigger deal when there's a storm alert because there's a monsoon in Phoenix and we all turn out driving like crap. They're they're not going to ping somebody in New Jersey. So you're safe, Bob, on that one. So, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. You know, they can they can reach us now. The technology is already there. The fact that they can access our phones like this. So I don't again, I don't think any of this is new. Is it on a grander scale? Yes, but I don't think this is anything new. I'm thinking if this is something you're worried about, you should have been worried about all of the other times they've had access to do that. So if it wasn't a story then, it's not a story now. 
That's I, just, I see point. this as brand new. I don't remember them ever telegraphing a date and even an alternate date in case anything happens on the first date. I don't remember ever hearing that they're going to ping every single electronic device in the country. And if they gave me notice, here, you want me to go a little bit crazier and put on a tinfoil hat? If they gave me notice, why? Because the people that don't care and they're like, yeah, they've had this capability forever and whatever, they're just, their phone's on, they're going to get the alert and they're just going to push okay. But there's going to be some people like me or worse down, as you call it, the rabbit hole that are going to turn off their phone. If their phone has a battery that's removable, they're going to remove the battery. They might put the phone in the microwave oven like a Faraday cage. So is that what the government wants to know? Who, who can they not reach on any of of their devices. I mean, this is just uncharted territory and you try to make it like it's chartered territory and I'm not going to agree with you. I don't think it's well, chartered territory. Do you, I mean, you just said that you're more spec, you're not speculative, more um, crazy. Worried. Go ahead. You're more crazy. You're more worried about it because they told you. Don't yes. you think we'd have a very different conversation if they didn't tell us and then they happened and be like, well, why didn't they tell us? Because then you would have gone down that rabbit hole. I feel like there's really no winning and people there are going to no winning with me. amount of news and they're going to make whatever they want out of it. There is no it's, winning with me. You just hit it. You are right. If I yeah, had, all right. See, we if, agree now. We're on the same page. Right? We get it. We're back together. Our clo- all <laughs> our offices are closed. We're back to Rochford and Associates. Conveniently located on 90th and Bell. Um, no, you're right. There's no winning. And you know why there's no winning? Because right now I am concerned that things are way out of control. Socially, morally, spiritually, financially, physically. I think everything's out of control. So you're right. Nothing is going to make me happy right now with this stuff. I'm worried cold and flu season starts in a few weeks. And I'm already reading about, you know, the new COVID heiress that we talked about a month ago. I'm hearing the name Eris. I'm hearing another one. I'm hearing about a Marburg virus. I'm hearing about a Nipah, which has like a 40 to 70% death rate. It's like, you know, I, and normally would I be worried about all this stuff? No, but they're telling us about it. So I'm worried about it. So if Did all said Nipah- Did NyQuil and DayQuil yet? I have no idea. I, I mean, the I news goes so fast. We talked about that. I, the news goes so fast. I don't have time to follow up on some of it. I guess I need to make time if we bring it up here. That's a great question. Why don't we look into that? It's just the stuff is coming at us so fast and furiously. And I don't think it's all accidental. I think everything is going as planned and it ain't our plan. You know, the, this, the stuff that's going on, if I have to worry about this much stuff, uh, something's wrong. And when we started the show, when we were in the shallow end of this pool and we were talking about banks, we talked, we had an episode about generational wealth transfer using a chassis of a fixed annuity or life insurance. We talked about long-term care planning. We started going a little bit outside of the normal financial planning rails early on in this show. And I love that we did because if you come in our office, we'll do financial planning with you. We will talk to you. If, if you're in need of covering long-term care in case that need arises, we're going to talk to you about asset-based solutions to regular insurance premiums. We're going to talk to you about all that stuff. Income, income you can never outlive. Roth conversions. Should you do your 401k up to the match? Should you go over your match? Should you do an IRA? Should you do a Roth? We know all of this stuff and we can help you. But what has brought the most interest to me since I've been in this job, this show has had me read and research more than I've ever done in my life. And it's like, holy cow, the stuff that I've told people about, 
I know what you're doing right now. You're not listening to me at all. You're looking up NyQuil, which is good because we can multitask. Anthony's an engineer. He's got that minutia brain detail. I'm the storyteller, big picture guy. So while I'm ranting and raving, Anthony's looking up quadratic formulas and stuff. So our uh, this thing, I, I say, we're not a financial show anymore. We're financial advisors, but we're doing a show on current events and how they may affect your finances. You and I see things a little bit differently. Part of it is because I did get to see the psychology of money management when the tech bubble burst in 2000. I was in I was in the job when the plane hit a building. I had to, you know, kind of deal with that with people. I was there from October of 07 through March 9th of 09. The psychology of the the great recession. I got to be present for that and to see how people really did get worried. You haven't seen well, any I mean, of that I, yet. I play devil's advocate in all of these conversations cuz I like a conversation. I feel like you learn more that way, but I'm also preparing for if things get bad. I mean, everything that we're telling people to do on this show, everything you have told me to do, I've done. Hard assets, water, tower garden, all that stuff. So if you look from an outside perspective, I am just as crazy as you. I just don't shout it out that way. And I love shouting it out. One other thing. You just like about talking. I don't think it really matters what you're saying as long as you get to talk. I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's actually quite <laughs> profound of you to pick up on that. I do enjoy hearing myself talk. Speaking of which, next Sunday, we were invited into a person's home. We did a little presentation for an organization, what, last Wednesday, and we offered to people, if you want to gather, you know, 10 different houses in your neighborhood, gather neighbors and have us do a mini presentation for you, you can help me with the outline. If you want me to do traditional financial planning, I will. I won't enjoy it as much. If you want me to talk about food storage and how much money to put in alcohol and tobacco, even if you don't drink or smoke. That's what I enjoy more because it's more exciting. So we're going to get to do our first home presentation this Sunday. So I'm super excited. So we'll, we'll let you know less next week if I remember how that went. Yeah, we need to do a better job of telling people that when we have presentations, especially open ones like the ones you did on Wednesday. Yes. But a little late for that now. We'll just book more. And I shouldn't say we. I don't even talk anymore. You present. I sit in the background. Well, I love to hear myself talk, so it's kind of natural. So uh, it's like this show. It's essentially yes. this show, but in person. Well, yeah, and on steroids because I get very animated. One of my favorite things is when somebody interjects and tries to heckle or whatever. I we love it. swear a lot more in person than you can on the radio. But I don't because I'm a good person. All right. So back to the banks. I do want to finish up a couple of things with the banks. We also, told yeah, you- I want it because I didn't give my two cents on it. I think that's huge news. I mean, it's not in this country, but it's a it's a projection of what's coming. It's stuff that we've told you is going to get here. And it's not like this is some third world country. This is Australia. I mean, they're a big world power, too. So the fact that it can happen there means it can happen here. And we're already predicting that it will happen here. So here's showing you that some people are just doing it. So. And our banks, I mean, if if you're a regional bank or a smaller bank, and you can just take this upon yourself and not wait for the government, that's huge. That's a big turn of events. If you think going cashless keeps you around longer as banks are still in the middle of a slow burning bank run, it, hey, this might grow legs. By the way, we told you to look up Executive Order 14067. What was that? A year ago, March or April. We were fairly new on the show and we, we had read the executive order. It's real easy to get through. It's, it's not a lengthy one. I would still recommend if you're listening to us that you look up Executive Order 14067. Then look up the term Fed Now, which is in place with no fanfare. Then look up one more thing. Actually, let me give you two. Look up the word bail in. 
Like we had a bail out in 2007, 8, 9, 10. Now we think what's coming is a bail in. And then lastly, if you want to see proof for how the door's open for the bail in, look up the Dodd-Frank law. I believe it was in 2010. And I have been kind of shouting since 2014 that this is coming. Can you imagine nine years of telling people that this doesn't look good? The future doesn't look good. Hey, you know, like a broken clock. Sooner or later, I'm going to be right. And I, I think it's actually getting closer to five o'clock. So anyway, look up those things. It's interesting. One mainstream term you may want to familiarize yourself with, even if you don't think there are problems, look up fractional reserve banking. So I'll, I'll give you the, the basic idea of it. It's a system where banks are only required to keep a fraction of bank deposits on hand. And what that means is if the banks take in $1,000, we used to make them keep some reserves in case people come in and physically want cash. We dropped those reserves in 2010. I'm sorry, in in 2020. On March 15th, they announced it. It was effective on March 26th during the COVID day. They said these banks don't need to be hanging on any money. They need to get it out. They need to loan it out. They need to buy stuff. They need to keep the economy moving. Fast forward three years later, they've never put a reserve back. So the banks don't have to keep one single penny. So Anthony, when you and I, both on two separate days, asked a local bank for $5,000 and they said, no, you can't have $5,000, well, they can just explain to us they should hand us a pamphlet <laughs> on fractional reserve banking. Say, we don't have it. What are you going to do? We don't have it. You know, why don't we print off a copy of your depositor agreement? Remember the old white, yellow, pink triplicate legal size form that you used to have to sign? Now it's all on stylus and you just like put a thumbprint or whatever. They, they don't have our money. And they don't have to give it back, by the way. Whew, that was a lot of work. So I don't know. I guess I my still think the, the only things you have are things you physically have at this point. I would say that's fair. And, you know, things are first come, first serve in this world. So if you think as soon as the banks start closing their doors, you'll go get it. Good luck. They, the, the higher powers, the uppers, are going to know before you when this is going to happen. I think it'll be on a Friday after 5 o'clock Arizona time. That's when everything seems to happen. So oh, make we sure you play that clip again of the FDIC saying that if we close a bank, hopefully it'll be on a Friday. We, yeah, I like I was, that I one. Those ones are good. That we have proof from the government that the government is going to shank us, stick us, shiv us like we're in prison. So let's switch gears away from the bank. We do have a couple more things we have to cover. One thing is, I, I've kind of always thought when the governments control the kids, that's a good start. When they control your food, your education, these things are important. When they control your weaponry. Well, if I would have told you a year ago that I think the governments, local, national, any of them, are going to start taking over our food supply, you would think I'm nuts. Yet here we are, because apparently in the city of Chicago, Chicago's mayor, Brandon Johnson, has proposed city-owned grocery stores. How, you may ask, can this be going on? Basically, there's in a lot of cities in Chicago, there's a lot of problems. There's theft and a bunch of stuff. So Walmart, Whole Foods, and others have shut their doors in certain neighborhoods, creating what are called food deserts. So Mayor Johnson has a plan for that. He thinks that we should use taxpayer dollar with the government's control and open up government grocery stores. It's happening in Canada I'm understanding some of this is going on in England, although I haven't found that in writing yet. I have found a little bit in Canada. Now I'm finding it in these United States. Again, I digress. 
it's all coming at once is the problem. So I, I'm so very. Why are they? Why are all these grocery stores moving out? Is it because of the crime and the shoplifting yes. and the yes. government's not yes. doing anything to stop that? They're encouraging it. They're saying you. They have no cash bail now. You can get out without a cash bail. They're saying, like in California, you have to steal something like nine hundred and fifty or something dollars worth before we'll even arrest you. They're going after shop owners that are trying to stop people from stealing. Yeah, we're we're rewarding the thieves. We are punishing the store owners. So the store owners are acting accordingly. And now the government is saying, well, that's all right. We'll handle it. We'll take care of it. Are you kidding me? So well, they're not taking care of the crime. So, I mean, what happens when you have a government run grocery store? Do you steal out of that with no consequence as well? I have a feeling when it's the government in charge of it, there won't be quite the same stealing level. I'm just guessing. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, th- this is all new to me. I, I've, I'm just... I. I don't know even what to say. I just know we've already taken over the the healthcare system, obviously. We've taken over the education system. There's a big push to take over the citizens' weaponry. You know, you you start getting into the food supply. Once you control people's food, they're going to do whatever you say. Or they're going to rise up. I just think people, too many people are asleep to to know enough to rise up. By the time they try to rise up, it'll be way too late. But that's just me thinking. So, and the, the country's changing. You and I, we teased something last week that I guess we better bring up. We, we teased about a city in Texas by the name of Colony Ridge. Colony Ridge has been there for quite a while. It's just now gaining some notoriety. So Colony Ridge, Texas, they're saying now that, that and these are estimates, that it's around a 60 square mile piece of Texas. Picture 60 miles, how far you have to drive to get 60 miles. We were in Mesa, yesterday, Anthony. Was that 60 miles each way? I mean, it, it, that's a big stretch. Actually, yeah. So that's oh a big God. stretch. And they're estimating, at this point, something like 75,000 residents. Well, you and I got to chat for a minute about this on the way to Mesa and back yesterday. And and the whole thing was, is this, like, it part of my heartburn. You, people can buy land in this city and in this area without having a social security number. When's the last time you bought a home? When's the last time you went to a cell phone place to buy a mobile hotspot or a new $1,100 phone? They want your social to get a cell phone. You can buy land in Texas without a social. Apparently, this land was pretty much founded by cartels. So I guess the Sinaloa cartel is a big player on this land. I better be careful. I don't know how, how far that they land is. That, that manufacturer, because the conversation yesterday was saying there's these companies don't need our social. These loans, like everything that they're doing, they're choosing to do. They're choosing to run credit reports. They're choosing to do this. So essentially what's happening there is someone could, a developer could buy a plot of land in Phoenix and open it to anybody. You know, illegal, not illegal, you or I, like, it, it doesn't matter. They could do that. And then they could run the financing through themselves. So what's necessarily going on there isn't a terrible thing. It's just here is a city that's almost made it known that it's specifically meant for illegal immigration. And is that, if the, is that the, the argument? Point, it's really, really a shame what's going on there. The violence. I mean, it's it's problematic. There are a lot of people that are buying land are putting up single wide, double wides. They're taking construction materials and making shacks on this land from what I read. What I'm kind of easing toward with this, welcome to the future. 
when you have an immigration system that's letting people in day after day after day, they have to go somewhere. You know, we're hearing about New York. Mayor Adams has got a little heartburn now. You know, all these sanctuary cities were sanctuary cities on paper. They're not sanctuary cities <laughs> in reality. So th this is still the early stages of this huge influx of people. And I think, oh, and by the way, it just came out this week. You know, the government said that, that Phoenix, the city of Phoenix, has 45 days to clean up the zone, which is the big homeless encampment in Phoenix. They have to get rid of it entirely. Where are you going to put those people? There were a lot of people that were homeless forever. I remember in the mid-90s when Bank One Ballpark was new, I worked for Montgomery Elevator, and that was one of the accounts we had. I, I remember there was a lot of homeless people around that ballpark, and that was a long time ago. We're talking about 96, 97, and it, it's, I mean, it's way worse now. Where are you going to put them? You know, I heard a story yesterday about how they've they've taken a couple senior communities I have to dig into this further. I guess it was in New York. I mean, here we go again with New York. And they evicted the seniors and they put in immigrants. I won't say illegal because I don't know if it said that. I, well, where are we going to put all these people? See, see what I'm saying? This, yeah. This is more than just, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. You say that, you know, these people choose to take our social security number. Well, it is what it is. I don't think you can buy a house in Maricopa County without having your social security number but you can go to Texas to this development and you can. So if these pop up all over the place, maybe they'll be popping up in Scottsdale and then a bunch of people in Scottsdale can buy a home without a social. I think that these are way more telling on what this country is going to look like in the next five to 20 years. You know, I think we're going to have a housing market collapse. I think we're going to have a stock market collapse. I think we're going to have a digital currency. I think we're going to have a huge in every single state, I think we're going to have huge swaths of land with all kinds of people that, I, I don't know, I see it as going the wrong way. I see it as it's going to be problematic. And then we're going to wonder what happened. And it's all, I mean, I blame all this on the politicians. I don't blame it on you or me. So do you want, do you have any other thoughts before we start easing out today? This, this as usual, went super fast. Oh, I got one more thing for you. Do you remember a couple okay. years ago? Glad you asked my opinion. Go on. Yeah. No, I like to hear myself talk. Remember? So remember <laughs> a couple of years ago when the IRS was talking about you have to report Venmo, Zelle, if you mm -hmm. sell a Cardinals ticket, if you, if you earn more than $600, you have to report it. You're going to get a 1099K. Guess what? It's here this year, 2023. So if you sold your Dallas Cowboys ticket and now you regret it, but if you sold it, you're going to get a 1099 if you got more than $600. That's aggregate over the year, by the way. So they'll still fight. Maybe they'll put on a hold F at the end of the year. But right now, $600 or more, report it. So, now, so is the IRS shut down as a part of this government shutdown nope. so we don't have to worry about it? Nope. I looked into that. The IRS is another carve out, just like Congress. Oh, jeez. All right. And all the Ukrainian money. All right. So that's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, you have questions on any of the topics today, or you want to sit down with us to review your personal financial situation, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Uh, find us on the web at anothermoneyshow.com. There's a little contact form. You can set up uh, appointments straight from the website. If you liked hearing our voices, uh, you can check out Another Money Show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. Um, remember, if you reach out to us, there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments and nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. 
We'll see you again next Saturday at noon right here on 960 The Patriot. Also, we're on YouTube. JR loves pointing that out. So find us on YouTube, too. You can listen to our shorts and then listen to full episodes on the podcast. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results.